The future belongs to those who control the culture, and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Table Talk. Now, this is very much, I like the word venues before, this is a curveball episode. (laughs) This is one of those ones where we get a request from an audience member and um, we're not sure what to do with it, but we're going to do it anyway. uh, But before we get into talking about what that is... um, it is time for us to read one of our uh, one of our reviews. So, Nato, you've got a review for us. Well, it's not me that's doing the review, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually comes from uh, Catalina from Connected Adventists from Australia podcast. Mm. Uh, if, hey, you, if, if you're not subscribed, <laughs> go, subscribe. go for it. Um, we like to call her Cat because we're Aussies. We shorten everything. everything. Yeah. yeah. So, and, so unless it's short, at which point we add an O or something to yeah. extend it back out. That's right. Make yeah. it longer. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if we do re- uh, read out any of your reviews, any of you that are listening and have put a review, <laughs> and we give you, uh, <laughs> give you a nickname, we hope you enjoy that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, she says, "I wait all day for the latest episode to be available." It is always great to hear the different perspectives on topics that are relevant to our faith and our church. Christ is always at the center and the beginning and the end. I admire the overpunctuation. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because cat sounds nothing like that. <laughs> Sorry, just trying to do my radio voice. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that works. That works. Thanks, cat. Yes, thanks. Kat. You are a champion. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as you guys know by now, this is something we we're trying to make a habit of doing until we run out of recommendations, obviously. So, uh, so we don't run out. Uh, if you guys could jump onto Ooh, either blackmail. Yeah, <laughs> you guys could jump onto either. Facebook or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to us and uh, add your recommendation or review, uh, we would love to share it on the show. So, uh, and who knows, you might even get a new nickname out of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so that having said, been said, tonight's episode, we're talking about tattoos, tattoos and, and piercings. So, we're actually going to be doing uh, another episode that is more focused around jewellery and that. So, we're sort of like carving that off this particular discussion. So we're just really focusing on tattoos and piercings for, for this episode. And we want to thank Brittany because Brittany was the one that um, sent in that per- particular question. And we're going to actually meet Brittany a little bit later in, in, in the episode. But just to start us off, let's talk a little bit about tattoos and piercings in, in, in general. So like it's something that is very much being, becoming more normalized in our culture. Do you yeah. guys have any experience or thoughts or observations observations um when i was a kid i I remember tattoos being a lot more of an act of rebellion than i I feel they are today Mm. so for example when people would have a tattoo um say on an exposed part of their body that that was probably going to mean that they weren't able to have certain jobs Mm -hmm. um, because of the negative association with tattoos Whereas I feel like today in our society where, where we've gone with it, it's much more mm. um, society, much more of a societal norm. Mm. Uh, people are very comfortable with having tattoos. People are very comfortable with their employees in the most part mm. having tattoos. It's, so more, it's the, more normative now. Yeah, it's more the older generation. I mean, um, in accounting, if I had a tattoo, 
I'd probably lose um, older clients on, mm-hmm. on that point. It, it's certainly um, more normalised for um, our generation. When I was doing research for um, this, it said that 40% of millennials actually have a tattoo. Yeah, that's a great example. I, I was actually doing some research as well, and I came across a statistic that said 70% of people consider tattoos to be mainstream, just like you're saying, Dave, that yeah. they don't see it as a negative as far as employment's concerned or, or, or anything like that. So you know, 70% of people consider it just another choice, it's like whether you've got a red yeah. shirt or whether you've got a green shirt. Then, then there's other, other cultures where it, you, you're not in the family if if you don't have these certain the certain marks yeah. or you know mm. it part of the gang. Mm. Yeah, tribal so tattoos, it, you know, yeah. for sure, can be seen yeah. as a token of respect as well mm-hmm. in okay. some cultures. So, I guess the one of those things it's it's an expensive pastime, right? The uh, you know the industry just in Australia alone is like a ninety three million dollar a year industry, and in the US it's over one and a half billion dollars a year. Can you imagine what we could do with? With that amount of money, <laughs> I, th- I think we'd have our own recording studio. And I don't think there's a lot of um, tattoo parlors that are willing to actually gi- give us their money. <laughs> <laughs> Pity. Well, the inks and that aren't exactly cheap either. Yeah, yeah but no, it's really expensive. I was talking to my PT. Um, he uh, a couple of weeks ago he'd um, he'd gone down to um, Brizzy to get a get a, the next section of his sleeve done mm-hmm. so um, and telling me the, the price he'd spend on it and he's, he spent a bit of money on it. So if it is, uh, you know, permeating our culture, do you see much uh, of that change in our churches, like in Christian culture? I think it's really hard to, to comment on that because we see such a small slice of Christianity within our denomination mm-hmm. um, and even our, of our denomination within our local church. Mm-hmm. Um, like all of us go to the same church and you could probably count the number of people that have tats on two hands mm-hmm. in, in a church of over 100 people. Yeah. Whereas I feel like it's probably the case that if you went elsewhere, mm-hmm. you could potentially get a 50-50 split or mm-hmm. maybe even more than that in some mm-hmm. places. Mm-hmm. Depends so, on the culture of the church and where, you know, I, are there a lot of new converts because obviously people coming into the church, yeah. you know, who haven't, um, you know, who have existing tattoos, etc. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I feel kind of like, mm-hmm. personally, I don't really have a place to comment on that, but mm-hmm. it, it could well be that that correlates in church with society. I just mm-hmm. don't really have a big enough slice of the pie to yeah. really no. know. I, I, th- I think I've seen more of recent times in church than what I did growing up. Mm, but that, the, that, that's a about as, as far culture, as I right? can comment. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough. So, obviously, those are the... You know the that's the world that's around us. But what would be the standard response in a church uh, when, if you were to ask the question, are uh, tattoos okay or not? I would say that most people, or a lot of people, mm. would direct you to Leviticus nineteen verse twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Someone you want to read that? In the Old King James mm-hmm. <laughs> it says, "You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead." nor print any marks upon your flesh. I am the Lord. So in that text you were reading there, Nato, what's the what's the reasoning? Why is it not a good thing to do? Well, it's part of what the the pagans around them would do in their some of their worship services, in their in their rituals and such. From the research I did, it wasn't tattoos as we know them, mm-hmm. but essentially what is a tattoo? It is a scar with mm-hmm. ink in it. So can I ask what what's what was it? It's basically making scars that patterns. you can see patterns yeah. or 
and things like that. So it, so it ink. essentially does scar. the same thing, but it's yeah. just scar, not mm-hmm. inked scar. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I've got a little thing from here. In Canaan, evidence indicates that instead of marking the body with ink, more extreme scarification measures like branding, slashing, or gashing the skin were used. Kind of a little bit like the the worshippers of Baal on Mount Carmel then, mm-hmm. how they were gashing themselves to get the blood mm-hmm. to, to appease mm-hmm. their god so they would send the fire down. Yeah. However, the Egyptians did um, actually do tattoo during this time. Um, in particular, note are those of to do with fertility okay. and also to, um, as a form of charm to ward off bad things happening during the um, birthing mm-hmm. process. So, as in, you're talking inked tattoos now? Yes. Yep. So, okay. the Egyptians did inked, the Canaanites did these yeah. other things. Right. Mm-hmm. So, if the, the general stance is based on that text, and I, I, I mean, it'd be great if we could come back and we'll, we'll talk more about the theology around it after, but what role does motive play? Or at least, what do you guys think? Do we even answer your first question? Well, the common answer in Christianity, conservative or, or it's traditional... It's just to read the text. It's just to read... read the, well, okay. <laughs> well, what I mean is... that's basically all we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Well, feel free to take a step back. So, but the text, based on the text, it says no cuttings in the flesh. Basically, no tattoos, no piercings. Yeah. So, we would basically hear that this text forbids tattoos and piercings. Mm. Okay. That's what most people right. would... Yeah. I just didn't sorry. hear that in the conversation. That's yeah, also... All we good. went a few places, didn't we? <laughs> now yeah, you not. can ask your next question. I'm with you again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you make, you, make a, you make a good point. Um, so, like, with that as context... Does motive have a role, either according to the text or just, you know, experientially what you know about God? <laughs> or according to the people that use the text. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Because <laughs> according yeah. to most people that use the text, probably not. <laughs> yes. Mm. That, that's the thing. I think um, a lot of people view this text very black and white and use it as such um, without considering questions like that, you know. What's, what's the go with motive? But well, at, at the same time, does motive justify the means? Not always, but sometimes. Yeah. yeah, sometimes. I mean, when I um, started the process, I was thinking, oh, we'll just um, go over a few um, Bible verses and it'll be nice and black and yeah. white. It'll be fine. <laughs> oh, how foolish was I coming into this? <laughs> yep. Yes, I, you, I felt the same way. You Christianized man. <laughs> I started doing research. I mean, even the historic um, location of why we don't tattoo... I mean, I couldn't even untangle it from the Christianization of the Germanic tribes, which is where the West, a lot of the West comes from. I mean, is it because of the Roman influence or the Christian influence? Couldn't untangle the two. Mm-hmm. So, what was your second question again? I can't remember. How, how does motive affect this? Or, how does or... motive affect it? Okay. So, I, I feel like this is probably a really good place to introduce Brittany's story. Mm-hmm. So, maybe we can go there in a second. But just, just before we do, I think it's really interesting that, you know, this is a, a single verse in... A very long list of things that that God is is giving as sort of ceremonial um, instruction to the people, mm. and yet we don't sort of read these things in their context. Mm. We quite often will will just read the text and say, you know, thou shalt not. Mm. And yet this is part of the ceremonial law, which most of the time our particular denomination we, we're very vocal on the fact that the ceremonial law is what was done away with, not the moral law and and, and yet, yet, how many of them will say, no, you must follow this? That's right. And yet, so. we'll pull these little bits out that suit us and we'll say, mm. blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, even the uh, admonition to not wear clothes of different threads and to not trim the edges of your beard, all of these appear in the same canon of law that 
we're reading it from, from right now. Yeah, so. that's right. Even Ben was mentioning verse 26 says, you shall not eat anything with the blood. I mean, if, you've, uh, if you eat meat and half of Adventists do, hmm. there's a guarantee that it's had blood in it because you haven't gone to a special kosher um, butcher to get it without the blood. Yeah, I, I suppose you're asking about motives. Our motives, I think, should always be informed by by the principle behind the instruction, not just mm. the instruction. And so I guess what I'm saying is it would be well for us to consider the context before we go making assumptions about what the text mm. is saying and then drawing right or wrong motives from our assumptions. Mm. If we have a clear foundation to build from, then we'll hopefully we'll have good, strong, solid motives. Mm. But quite often we don't build on a solid foundation and so our motives can easily come crumbling down um, or they can bring others crumbling down and, and yeah. I think that's that's probably what Brittany's going to talk to us about yeah and so like to be honest when like when we were coming up with this like Ben was saying I felt really confident about it until I actually thought about it yeah. but uh, in my particular circumstance I felt pretty confident about it until Brittany um, shared her story and all of a sudden there were all extra questions that I had so over to her hey. yeah over to her Hi there, so my name is Brittany. Um, I only started going to church uh, not too long ago, about eight months ago now, um, and I am being baptized in less than a month. Um, There's one teaching, though, that kind of doesn't sit well with me. Congratulations that you're getting baptized. Yeah, 100%. In less than a month, did you say? Mm, Yeah. That's super exciting, Brittany. It's a big life decision and congratulations. Yeah, that is really awesome. And also, um, you know, really respect the fact that you haven't just outwardly submitted to the ideas that are presented to you, that you're examining them for yourself. That is... It's definitely part of the Christian walk. You Mm. shouldn't just accept everything just... Wholesale. Yeah. Wholesale. You, you need to always sit down and examine it. That's how you um, grow into a mature Christian. So good on you for starting starting off on the right yeah. foot. Mm. Not only that, it's disrespectful to God. I mean, God mm. gave us the power to think. Mm. <laughs> and then when we don't do that, we're disrespecting His will. Yeah. So good on you for following your created purpose and exercising your free will. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. So from what I know, the verse that speaks directly about tattoos is Leviticus 19, verse 28. Do not cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. From my perspective here, this seems like he simply does not want us to tattoo ourselves to worship any other gods or idols. Which is exactly what we just um, mentioned. Yeah, but basically the concept that she's showcasing there is the concept of motive being the, the primary consideration All right. and the cultural context of the instruction and what I will say is uh, in, in preparation for this I actually reached out to our pastor just to ask his perspective and one of the things he pointed out was that uh, yes motive plays a role not the primary role but he believes the primary role is the principle that's involved and the principle is that you that God wanted his people to be noticeably different from the pagan nations that surrounded them. And so in that case, the that should be the, the primary consideration, not the activity itself, even though it's important that the, the Bible's quite clear about that, which is what we read. It doesn't say it doesn't matter, but that is to say that the primary point that we should be paying attention to mm-hmm. is to do with the point of difference. Mm. And 
just commenting on what Brittany's saying there, yeah. I think it's really important that we recognise too that, um, like I said, there there was a, a very significant issue in the culture surrounding the Israelites. Mm. And if you think about the, the time period when this instruction is being given, God is preparing them in the wilderness for their entry into Canaan, right? And when they go into Canaan, he gives them very specific instructions about the Canaanites. Mm. And that was what? Don't do what they do and kick them out. Yeah. Don't don't even don't have any kind of don't even leave a trace of of particularly their worship ceremonies remaining. Yeah. Because if you do, that's going to be you know inculcated into your system of worship, and that's that's going to lead to pagan tendencies in you, my chosen people who were called out of paganism mm. to to be a light to the rest of the world. And so you can see how it was it was part of God's plan to sort of cleanse them of all of these cultural pagan artifacts. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, specifically worship, things tied to worship. And mm-hmm. so I think it's really important that she mentions that mm-hmm. that this was very much tied to worship and in God's perspective, he wanted them to have a pure fresh start. You know, they'd been in Egypt. They they'd seen the way that the Egyptians um, you know, associated worship and to all of their multitudes of gods. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, Ben, tattoos would have been a part of the culture in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's really important that we recognize that and we'll make application to that in our culture today uh, later on in the episode. But but just before we, we go there, just, just remember that this was a significant problem for the people to whom God's speaking. Mm-hmm. So it's not like God is bringing up a random piece of advice. This is speaking into a relevant part of culture for them. So I have two tattoos and my nose is pierced and so are my ears. Um, I had done these before I came into the church, but I have people telling me I shouldn't wear my nose ring because I'm being baptized. So the way I see it is my body is a temple of God's and each work of art that I've put on it represents a bridge in my life that I've crossed with the help of our Savior. I have a tattoo on my thigh which covers multiple self-inflicted scars, which were a constant reminder that I had failed at life and my tattoo covers it and allows me to look in the mirror and enjoy God's creation in a way I would never have been able to without my tattoo. My nose ring was a symbol of taking back my life after months of verbal, physical, and sexual abuse. And when I'm not wearing it, it's hard for me to look in the mirror because that's the girl who let herself be pushed around in ways she didn't deserve. My tattoos and piercings are what allow me to look at myself every morning and praise the Lord for being alive, for allowing me to live such a fulfilling life in His name. So, Brittany, first off, like that is that is some really heavy stuff, and I, I just want to, uh, well, I'm sure we collectively just want to say, you know, that is amazing. One that you went through that. Two that you're where you are right now mm. in your relationship with God, and three that you were willing to, um, be open. Say, yeah, be open about that and honest yeah. and say that publicly. So, you know, like that is amazing. God bless you for that. Yeah, some really really tough stuff. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, just saying like. <laughs> You sharing that with us like totally revolutionized at least my world as far as the way that I look at this subject. Mm. It's very easy to be um, uh, to have tunnel vision when you're when you've held a perspective for potentially all your life. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I'd never really had cause to question 
you know the the way that I've thought about tattoos and piercings before mm. until mm. you started telling me your story you know mm. and and yeah just it just reminds you so much of of that old saying you know don't judge a book by its cover yeah. you know that there are so many reasons why we do the things that we do yeah and for us to just look at the thing mm. and not consider the reason for the the thing that we're doing yeah um is such a shallow process and and so oh just it's such a bad idea yeah uh so the first thing that Brittany mentioned uh was this idea of her body being the temple of god mm. um and so i just thought maybe we should we should spend a little bit of time uh, talking about that she, yeah. she brought that up I, th- I thought that was a really good point um that comes to us from the apostle paul um if i'm first, correct first corinthians 6 18 oh, 19 and 20 sorry yeah. mm. yep that's the one if i'm correct that's probably the the only place where that's explicitly referenced mm-hmm. as in the apostle paul's writings mm-hmm. um yeah and so do, are you going to read that yeah, sure. yeah sorry I was what know you not that your body is the temple of the holy ghost which is in you which you have of god and you are not your own for you were bought with a price therefore Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Mm. The first thing that jumps out at me from that verse is the therefore part. You know, so we we get the instruction part, Paul. Yeah, thank you. You know, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, do the right thing by it. Um, But he says it's the reason Mm -hmm. for that is because we've been bought with an exceeding precious price. You know, and so basically, the reason why we would honor, mm. sorry, the reason why we would respect our body, is because we want to honor the God who paid for that body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Not only did He create us, but He went through a terrible yeah. length to redeem us. What What about the part that says, "And ye are not your own"? Mm-hmm. So we do have a responsibility to God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think if we were to, you know, distill it down, this is something we, one of the things that you were alluding to before, Dave, is that the in the ex- exhortation in Leviticus, where it says that you know we, we shouldn't have tattoos and piercings, in well, at least you know that's the way we're applying it for the majority of the time, and the con- inconsistency of applying that without applying other parts of the same law. I think this is probably one of the one of the areas that it, it's good for us to stand back and ask that question, like like you're saying, Nato. You know, our bodies are not our own, and so even though that law may not be super clear, I think we can see enough that if we were to say God's ideal, God's ideal would absolutely 100% be that we were all never violated, never abused in any way, never you know never put through what. Brittany, what you were put through, yeah. God, that was never God's intention. And I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure you recognise that. But in an ideal world, that would be the case, and therefore, in that ideal world, piercings and and tattoos wouldn't be a necessary part of our experience yeah. because there's nothing to cover, yeah. right? So I think that it, we're not necessarily arguing, well, I don't know about you guys, but from my perspective, I'm not arguing that God is happy about and okay with piercings and tattoos. What I'm saying is I think we're recognizing, like we were talking about in our theodicy episodes, that there's a, a difference between God's ideal will and God's remedial will, that mm-hmm. there is a, an ideal that God would love to be the case, which, you know, honestly has no sin in it, right? Like yeah. that, that's the perfect. Yeah, no yep. violation. No violation mm-hmm. whatsoever. 
But I think God also can see the walk that, that you've been on, Brittany, but also anybody else who's listening who's been through trauma and pain that they're dealing with and is, uh, and they are dealing with it in whatever way they're dealing with it. God is going to see that and recognize what you've been through to get you to where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. So just first of all, Brittany mentions temple. Mm. Yes, yes. Sorry, back your to body that, is yeah. the temple of God, which primarily means you are purchased with a price. Mm. Which which says you are extremely valuable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the the principle behind this whole idea of your body being the temple. Mm-hmm. You are extremely valuable to God. He loves you a whole bunch, Brittany, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody else listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so nothing that we add to that or take from that changes the fact that we're valuable, right? Mm-hmm. So so none of our tattoos add to our value mm-hmm. in God's eyes. Yeah. Nor do the scars that Brittany's talking about. Or you know that that others of us have experienced, whether they be physical scars or even emotional scars, mm, yeah. they don't take from the value that God sees in us. Right? Mm. We are God's temple, whether we have yeah. the scars or we don't. Yeah. And so the first thing is that. And yet, Br- Brittany brought up a really good point as well about bridges. Mm. You know, for her, the tattoos have been a way of bridging her from the past. You know, all the yucky stuff of the past, the the hurt, the, mm. the violation, mm. to a place where she now has a, a bit more self-confidence mm. um, as a result of, of those bridges, right? Mm. Yeah. And so, first thing I would like to say to that is, you know, hats off to you for for taking the, those steps to mm. to move away from the past. That's really, really important, right? Mm. Even, even if your violation has taken place uh, psychologically, it's really important to move from the past to the future mm-hmm. by by dealing with that past and putting it behind you, mm-hmm. and then looking forward, right? And so, so good on you for choosing to bridge to the future. Yeah. Um, and and mm-hmm. I was really my eyes were opened to the way in which some of these things, which which I I tend to agree with you, are are not ideal. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think God saw it as a necessity for Adam and Eve to mm-hmm. paint their skin. Mm-hmm. Um, he he thought that they looked pretty good the way they were, you know, obviously, because he said they were very good. Mm-hmm. So I think it's definitely not a necessity. Um, and, and yet in this situation, I was my eyes were open to see that for some people, it's a tool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a tool yeah. to take them from one place to the other. Mm-hmm. Is it ideal? Probably still not ideal mm-hmm. because the ideal, I think, would be that Brittany would know mm-hmm. and, and sense and feel the love that God has for her mm-hmm. in spite of her scars. Mm-hmm. And that God's healing love would cover those, right? Mm. But the fact that she's got something that's taken her from the past to the present hopefully means that in the future, the tattoo won't be necessary. It'll Mm. be there, Mm. but it won't be necessary for her to sense and feel that she's okay in God. Do you know what I'm I'm saying? Basically, I mean, if I can just paraphrase, I think what you're saying is we're recognizing that Brittany and all of us, but is on a journey. Yeah. That yes, healing is not something that happens overnight. And this is something that I, I appreciate, like what you were saying, Brittany, about uh, the, the feeling the need to do it before getting baptized. I mean, that is something that is very common in our church. That's a very common viewpoint. And and that's okay. But the interesting, I guess what I find the interesting thing is, is, is that 
the scars don't heal as fast as we want them to sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I don't know, I don't know your pastor, I don't know your church, and obviously none of us know your internal workings and your motives and all the rest of it. But from my from my perspective, I would not expect somebody to wait until they experience total healing before being baptized, mm-hmm. because sometimes healing from some scars takes many, many years. And I don't think God expects us to wait that long to make a commitment to Him. So, uh, you know, from my perspective, I I don't see, uh, personally, I don't see a reason why you shouldn't be baptized. But I also recognize that it is a thorny issue and a lot of people have very passionate (laughs) um, viewpoints on it. Yeah, I've certainly um, seen it with individuals um, as well at church. But that's the thing. We go to Christ. We we get baptized to go through the healing process. We don't heal and then go to Christ. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, baptism early on is um, certainly not a problem. In mm. fact, well, it's, it's the, the solution. Of the journey, right? Baptism it, is the beginning of the journey. Yes. It, it's the solution. It, it's the beginning of getting fixed. Yeah. Mm. And I, I think possibly worth saying is that you mentioned a couple of times, Brittany, that the these things are symbols, right? Yeah. That the symbols of significant things in your life and God is really big on symbols Mm -hmm. so you know I'm sure that is something that is that you're even thinking about in the context of your own baptism because that is that's a symbol that God himself ordained as Mm -hmm. a transition point in your life and uh, this is something I I, this morning I was actually going for for a walk early this morning and I was I have a two-year-old, Seth, and I was telling him about it. And so I'm sure he really, really latched onto this concept. But um, the the concept is, is this, that there's two primary symbols, right, that God gives us in our Christian experience. One is a symbol between us and him, and the other one is a symbol between us and the people that are around us. And the one that's between God and us is the symbol that God is the one that sanctifies us, as, as the language in Ezekiel 20 verse 12 says. And it refers to the Sabbath. The Sabbath is that symbol that God is the one that is doing the work in our lives. This is him acting and providing us with righteousness by faith. That's the symbol between him and us. The symbol that is between us and others is where it says in the New Testament passage that others will know that we are Jesus' disciples by the love that we have for each other. Mm -hmm. And so that love is what signals the fact that we are followers of Christ. Mm -hmm. So I I think if we we recognize that, that they are the symbols that, uh, that God gives us in Scripture. That doesn't devalue other symbols, but like Dave was saying, I think as we understand God better then, and we understand the symbols better, we identify with them more. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, I just I just hope that as Brittany continues the journey with God, mm. that these, these symbols that have been a bridge for her, that have been a part of her journey, mm. would become less and less necessary. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That the, the healing, the emotional healing would be so great that... Mm. She wouldn't need to look to the tattoo anymore mm. for her to feel okay about herself. Yeah. Um, because I think ultimately that's where we're headed, right? Mm. You know, when God says He's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes and we're going to be for eternity living in, in a state where we don't have guilt or shame mm. or any of these negative emotions that she's experiencing that we all experience on a day-to-day basis because of the wounds of our heart, past and the brokenness that has been. Mm. Um, I think ultimately in heaven, we're not going to need any any yeah. you know pithy little symbol mm. that means so much to us here. Certainly not de- devaluing the symbol, mm. 
because we're going to have that greater knowledge, right? And so I think as as we journey, you know, more and more and get become closer and closer to Christ, mm. um, all of these things that comfort us here are less and less necessary. Uh, it's kind of, I suppose, a little bit like in the in the book of Galatians where Paul's talking about how the, the law serves a purpose. But the closer and closer you come to Christ, the more you're schooled in his school, the less you need the law to take you there, right? Yeah. Because all of a sudden you're just hanging with Jesus and Jesus is instructing you himself. Mm. Um, so I think, I think you know, my encouragement to you, Brittany, in First Peter, um, Peter talks about us being, you know, not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold for the aimless conduct that we receive from our fathers but with the precious blood of Jesus as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, that he was foreordained before the foundation of the world and was manifest in these last, last times for us because God loves us so deeply. He loves you mm. so deeply. And uh, my prayer for you is that, <clears throat> by God's grace, that you would be able to grow in your understanding and awareness of God's love for you, that that complete emotional healing would take place so that, that one day... Um, these these symbols which are so important now would become completely irrelevant because mm. you are just so um, enthralled by the love of God. And you have accepted the identity that comes with that. Yeah. Because I think, I think this really does boil down to identity mm. to a really, really large degree, right? Definitely. You know, the more we identify with Christ, the, the less of our pain and suffering yeah. and the scars yeah. that we'll experience. Yeah, because she mentioned in there about the self-confidence that yeah. she receives as a That's result right. of looking in the mirror and seeing, mm. you know, that there's a covering over the scars and that, that she has the nose ring that, that denotes mm. a changing, a turning point mm. for her in her life. Mm. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I think that, I think that as we... Um, what was it that you said again? My, my That's identity. Uh, identity is the is at the core of yeah. the issue. As we as we move from a place of confidence in ourselves to a place of confidence in Christ, then ultimately we receive the very best form of self confidence yeah. because we no longer trust to ourselves. We no longer look to ourselves. We are just constantly looking to yeah. Jesus for all of our identity, as you yeah. said. And we're we're covered with Christ's righteousness. That's right. Yeah. Mm. So. We're covered. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. so certainly, as a as a remedial step, uh, none of us would would even hesitate affirming you for for what you've done, and we certainly would just praise God that you've gone on the journey that you have and that you're at the place that you are. Hmm. And, and we wouldn't condemn you, you for yeah. for the tattoos or the piercings. Hmm. We would just hope that by God's grace, that's just part of the journey, and that yeah. things would only get better for you. So when I'm told that I shouldn't wear these things because the ch church says I shouldn't or um, I've been asked if I wanted my kids to have them, it makes me want to tell them that God is the only one who has the right to judge and if he wants me to take my nose ring out so badly, he'll tell me. Um, if it allows my kids not to hate themselves when they look in the mirror, I would absolutely want them to have something to stop them from feeling that way. In my point of view, God would want us to appreciate his creations as much as humanly possible. And for me, that's by having tattoos and piercings. There's a girl I um, used to know from church and she had a, um, she actually had a nose piercing as well. Actually had quite a lot of um, piercings, but um, as she continued and she felt that was necessary as part of who she was and um, it gave her confidence as well and... After a time, she felt that she could um, give them away, and um, I um, I made sure that no one was there to bug her or to tell her because 
it's a very personal choice when that time is. Just like Brittany was just saying, listening to that small, still voice of the Holy yeah. Spirit. And until that time comes, basically... You can't force people. You can't force people, and they're just going to dig their, um, their heels in. Mm. And it, it's just going to hurt them more. And if they hurt more, then they're going to need them more. Mm. In, if anything, I would argue that people in um, her situation need more love and care. Because um, with that love and care, it'll it'll help with the healing process. Because this what the, that's what this is all about is the healing process for mm. um for her. So that's what I would suggest to our um, brothers and sisters out there is to be loving to these people. Yes, to mention that perhaps it's not God's most ideal thing, but then just leave it. Mm. Don't tell them they have to take it out yeah. or cover it up. Let them make that decision. Let them make that choice. Yeah. And I guess for each one of us. No matter what it is, whether whether it's to do with tattoos or whether it's something else that you know some people might say, oh, might not be wanting to do that. Mm. You go, okay, well, is God trying to tell me something here? Mm. And yeah, study into it and be open to the Spirit's leading, mm-hmm. not not just trying to justify our own ideas but to find out what saith the Lord. I, um, I agree with you, and yet there's probably a nuance that maybe we haven't mentioned yet. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this lady who I was um, working with who joined the church not too long ago, and um, she had a, a background in Christianity, so it was, it was a bit different, mm-hmm. um, and, and yet there's some similarity there as well, so it's kind of relevant, but... Her, in her experience, there was this nagging suspicion that um, she was probably going to have to do away with not tattoos for her, but but jewelry, mm-hmm. um, in coming back to Christ, and so that was a big big thing for her. Um, and my approach to that that issue with her was to let her sort that out herself, basically. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't I didn't harp on about it. I didn't give her any particular advice or instruction. When she would talk to me about it, I basically would just let her vent, mm-hmm. um, share her opinion. Uh, if she asked me for mine, I would basically tell her that I don't think there's, you know, uh, a particularly clear path in the Bible. And therefore, I think it's, it's probably... Um, the individual's responsibility to decide mm-hmm. not to be told what to do or what not to do. And so I think that um, whilst certainly I'm not saying that we sh- sh- sort of uh, shun the idea of of sharing um, our points of view with people, uh, particularly people who are coming into the faith, uh, but I would say that I think it's valuable to let them come to their own conclusions, um, to to feed feed their journey, not not give them the answers yeah. um, so that they make the discoveries themselves. And for this particular lady, I think that was very helpful. And, and I heard that in what Brittany was saying just now mm. when she said that, you know, if God wants to tell me that I need to get rid of my nose ring, mm. I'm sure he will tell me. Yeah. And I agree, Brittany. I'm sure he will tell you mm. as well if that's his plan for your life. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that there's no value in the instruction of others. Definitely not. Uh, but certainly in some issues that are sensitive, and I'm speaking particularly to those Christians who have friends who they're you know, working with or whatever when I'm saying all of this, um, I think there is value in silence um, and, in, and just friendship mm. throughout this process. 
you know, somebody's going through stuff that we don't see all of the details like we just experienced with Brittany's story. There's no way that that somebody working with her who didn't know all of the details of her story would be able to accurately speak into that uh, and not come across as judgmental and black and white and whatever. And so I think it's very important that we that we just listen, that we just care, and that we just demonstrate that consistent Christian attitude so that when we do get to speak, it matters. And, and also so that we don't say things that are actually contrary to what we what we believe in, in other areas, pr- bigger principles than, than this. Yes. Um, yeah, because like I said, we don't understand all the details of somebody's story. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely um, want to affirm what Brittany said there. And yet yeah. at the same time, recognize what you two just said as well and that there is value in instruction at times. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so we need to walk, walk the tightrope but we also just need to, to, to recognize that there is a tremendous amount of value in just listening. Mm. Oh, yeah. definitely, definitely. And it's not even an area um, that I would go to initially. I mean, I, I'm currently going through the um, a teaching process with my, um, my new girlfriend and she has piercings and she has a tattoo. And it's not a particular area that um, I'm initially touching. There's far more important um, things to be um, going over first as well anyway. When the time's right for her, the time will be right for her, mm. if it ever comes. Mm. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I, I was just noticing as, as uh, listening to you, Brittany, is <clears throat> you, know, you were saying if you do ever have children, that, you know, sorry, when you do have children, that if they do get to the place where they have the same experience as you, then you're quite happy for them to do that. I think we need to also recognize that, you know, God is a parent too. And, you know, I'm sure he feels just the same way that although, you know, he he has an ideal that he also recognizes the unique experiences of his kids. And so we should also want the best for us. We want to protect our kids. We want them to have the best experience possible. But at the same time, we recognize that nobody gets through life unscathed. We all have some form degree variety of of scars not that we want to lift up the scars and exalt them but we also but we do recognize like you were saying dave before we do recognize that uh they are a part of our experience to get to where we are today Mm. i i would also i mean i think we also should make mention to the those that are listening who are interested in tattoos and don't have one or or wrestling with this question for themselves you know, it really has to be, you know, just like we've been saying, it has to be a choice that you make with God. That really has to be where it starts. Obviously, the, the ideal in Scripture is that you don't need them. But if, um, you know, if you already have them, then, you know, we're, we are right beside you guys just as much as anybody else. That, um, you know, we can see that you're on a journey just like we are. But mm. what I would say is that, if you don't need one or you're just interested in, you're dabbling in the idea to consider the concept of being a stumbling stumbling block as well. You know, that if somebody is really passionate about the idea, you know, I was talking to someone recently about this and they said that they didn't have a tattoo, but they wanted to get one. And the only reason they wanted to get one was because people were so against it. <laughs> and, I, and I remember thinking to myself, okay, that's probably not a reason I would go with because if you're, if you're doing it, purely for the sake of rebellion to make someone else's experience Worse. bitter. Yeah. yeah. That's 
<laughs> you're adding insult to injury there because you know it's already not an ideal decision and then you're doing it with a with a motive that is to damage somebody else and I, I, some of the stats that I was reading you know was saying that upwards you know over 30% of people who get tattoos get them with the specific intention of being seen as a rebel you know actually partaking in a in a rebellion and so if that's the image that people are are wanting to project you know that that tells you a little bit about the the motives that are going on behind it and so mm-hmm. I, I think you know if you are thinking about it it's really important for us to give special thought to to this and ask ask ourselves the hard questions trust in the lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding mm-hmm. proverbs says yeah i think it's like like i like the way you said that you should do the make the decision with god yeah, yeah. I think way too often in even the smallest things in our lives, that's what we do is we make decisions without God. Definitely, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think if we were to lean on our own understanding in this matter, we we could, we could you know, we could conceive of reasons why it's okay or even good um, to, to go out and, and grab a tattoo. And, and again, we're not condemning anybody that does think that or, or, or go and do that. That's... That's fine. That's your call. I think what we're saying is, from our perspective, I think I think we're all agreed on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe not on all the applications, but mm-hmm. in we're, we're probably agreed in principle that we we wouldn't consider it ideal to go out and get a tattoo. A, a because from our perspective, it's probably a bit of a waste of money. You could use your money for better things. It's it's not ideal for your body either. Like just health wise, there are negative effects uh, to the to the process. Uh, which is, you know, a consideration. These things might be small considerations for a lot of people, but they're, they're realistic they're considerations. They're anyway. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the other thing is, like you said, the big thing is motive. Like, why am I actually doing this? Like, <laughs> it might just seem like a cute thing or it might just seem like a, you know, a cultural thing or I might even be able to rationalize evangelism into it if I try hard enough. But is that really why I'm doing it or am I just rationalizing it with these things? And if, if that is really why you're doing it, you know, kudos to you. But um, yeah. most of the time, it's probably not going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's be realistic. Mm. I mean, I've, I've rationalized some pretty stupid things before thinking that it was it was for evangelism's sake. <laughs> yep. I think I think we've all <laughs> we've all made use of that particular. Yeah. You know, we've got to remember our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked. So <laughs> if you want something bad enough, you can talk, you can generally justify it. And mm. so that's why if we're just being governed purely by our, our own reasoning, we often find ourselves in hot water. Yeah. But so. just before we started recording, you shared a, a story I thought was instructive though of mm. how sometimes motives um, can be pure and, and yet lead to things that we're saying are maybe not ideal. Yeah. I, I, I was reading about it, uh, about tattoo usage as relates to Christianity and I found a, an article uh, about the the Bosnian Croats, when they were being ruled by the Ottoman Empire, they were having they were having their children taken into slavery by the by the Muslims, and so in order to avoid that, they put Christian tattoos on their children because that made them uh, <laughs> less attractive prizes to the uh, to the Muslims because the Muslims uh, obviously rejected the idea of tattoos altogether. So the interesting thing there is that you have parents literally forcibly tattooing their children but mm. their motive was to save, to save them from them. slavery yeah that was that was a real hard one when you when we discussed that it's just like mm. would you tattoo your children to save them from slavery mm-hmm. now that that's a i don't think any of us could say no no i would prefer yep. slavery for my children <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes yeah. you know and this is the and this is the hard thing right because 
in some situations, like in scripture, you know, we are told some things are obvious, outright sins, right? Yeah. And if this was one of those cases where it said that in as many words that, that this was an outright sin, you could make the case for saying, you know, death before dishonor. So, you know, you don't want... But the, the thing is, in, in Scripture, it does definitely portray it as a negative, as something that's not ideal. But at the same time, it, it, it doesn't paint it with the same brush as it does, you know, the Ten Commandments, as, as an example. So, definitely. yeah, if, yeah. It, if it came down to it being, you know, your child going into slavery or... Uh, tattooing them well then yeah you know you can absolutely see how a christian parent would make that call and again this is one of those things that just goes to show how messed up our world is mm. right just to, to go to show that that people get to the situation where they have to make decisions like that it's a crazy choice yep mm. to say the very least well, it's a crazy situation it requires a crazy choice mm. yeah so there are some pretty rad stories in the bible where people were asked to do things that would have usually been against God's will. Like yes. the one that just jumps out at me is Hosea. Mm. Um, and so mm. we've got to remember that, you know, yeah. like even some of the more plain teachings of scripture, mm. God can overrule. <laughs> as scary as it is to think about that, mm. that's the reality. Um, and so that's why it is so important that we don't trust our own understanding that we lean entirely upon God for making these kinds of yeah. decisions. And look, in it both may directions. seem... Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It yeah. may seem insignificant, you know, in com- comparison to marrying a prostitute mm. um, to get, go and get some ink on your skin or to, to get your ear or your nose pierced or something. It may seem insignificant and I, I would agree it is insignificant comparatively. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the reality is um, that in, in Hosea's case... God was asking him him to do that Mm. and he needed to follow God's will for his life. Mm. And so we too need to be sensitive to God's will for our lives and and I just don't want to be one of those people that imposes a will upon somebody that isn't necessarily God's will. And so, yeah, I think it's really important that we don't make a hard and fast rule about this. Um, You said it's, you know, definitely the case or something like that, that the Bible, you know, speaks against. I, I think maybe that's a little bit strong language. Um, that that it seems to, and yeah. so I, I'm comfortable well, with me, it seemingly me, speaks against yeah, it. Yeah, let me put it this way: there's more evidence for the uh, case against rather than the case for in scripture. Yeah, because it's you it's know, not mentioned otherwise. Mention. Yeah, that's, right. that's the only mention of tattoos in the Bible, and yes. so yeah, you have to extrapolate upon principles, which is which yeah. is fine and good, mm. and and I feel quite comfortable myself with not getting any tattoos um, being being God's will for my life. But I just, I think it's really important that we don't become dogmatic in that position to the point where if God was to whisper into your ear, hey, NATO, you know, I want you to go and serve my people over in this place. And for you to do that, I just need you to get a sleeve. Um, yeah. You know, your your automatic response to that's going to be like, nah, no way, that wasn't God. Mm-hmm. But what if it was? Yeah, why should are I go we to willing, <laughs> Yeah. Are we willing to go and do what God says, even if it does seem contradictory to us? Mm. And I think that's where we need to be willing to go. And and maybe it's a strong example. And mm. well, you know, Abraham, go sacrifice I, your son, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, forgive me if I've extended the bounds on on the text there, but mm. I guess what I'm trying to say overall is that we just need to be willing to follow God's will for our lives, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I I'm really grateful for Brittany's um, perspective. It's, mm. it's opened my eyes, broadened my understanding. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's really important that we as as Christians 
um, can have a broader understanding of life. We can look not just on the outward appearance, but on the heart and, mm-hmm. and really understand what's gone in, on in a person's life to make them the person that they are. Mm-hmm. And yet, there is definitely still that part of me that says, let's strive for the very best, which mm-hmm. in her situation is complete healing. And yes. I'm sure she would not be opposed to the idea of complete <laughs> healing because, of course, who, would, who wouldn't want who to wouldn't be want that? fully healed, right? Mm. And so that's, that's God's ideal is for us, is for us to, for all of the bondage of the past to be broken and yeah. for us to be set completely free. Mm. And that's what I want for Brittany. Mm. And I think that's what God, what God wants for all of us. Mm. And if, you know, tattoos is an issue for you, talk to God about it, you know. Yeah. We're not the experts here. God is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just sharing a perspective on, on the matter, you know, mm-hmm. that happens to be, mm-hmm. um, in our eyes, grounded in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not comfortable with saying that it's a dogmatic position, personally. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I agree with that. I think that's probably a good spot for us to wrap this one up. Um, Brittany, thank you so much for reaching out, making us think. <laughs> we appreciate that yeah. very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, for a- anybody else out there that's listening, if you have a-, a topic that you'd like us to cover, by all means, uh, reach out, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And until next week, we hope you guys uh, are-, are blessed and you continue to walk in the path that God has yeah, for you. bathe in the, in the light of God's love. And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our mailing list so i would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that if you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet you can go over to itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us so if you want to help us reach those goals please jump in and give us a review the final message that i'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our patreon account now Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating and ultimately what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast and so if you'd like to help us do that jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk and you can you can give anything from even a dollar a month upwards but at different levels there are different benefits different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours if you can't afford that we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.